This is I Am Change podcast. The IIC podcast hopes to inspire you to live more consciously and be the change the society needs. I'm your host, Koride Aziz. In one of our previous episodes, we spoke with Dr. Adebayo about the Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs, and how far Nigeria has come. When I asked about which specific goals we should focus more on as a nation, the first one he mentioned was SDG 16. Goal 16 is peace, justice, and strong institutions. It includes commitments to fight corruption, increase transparency, tackle illicit financial flows, and improve access to information. You know why this goal is so critical to the entire SDG 2030 agenda? Because corruption undermines progress on all other SDGs. In fact, the United Nations estimates that corruption, bribery, tax evasion, and related illicit financial flows deprive developing countries of around 1.26 trillion US dollars per year. 1.26 trillion US dollars. This week, we'll be looking into government transparency, specifically the legislative arm of government. Usually, we hear a lot about what the executive arm is doing, that is the president, governors, ministers, and so on. But have you stopped to think about what kind of bills are being proposed, which ones become laws, and the process that makes all of this happen? In a developing country like Nigeria, where there are so many challenges, the quality of policymaking and legislation is absolutely important. With the right legislation, we can improve our chances of success with some of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Goals like poverty alleviation, good public health system, quality education, economic growth and sustainability, which you might agree with me Nigeria needs right now. I came across a project called NAS AI. Now, this project uses artificial intelligence to make parliamentary bills more accessible to everyone. I had a chat with Wali Akinfadari, one of the machine learning specialists behind the projects. Here's our interview. So my name is Wali Akinfadari. Um, I'm a data scientist. Um, I have worked as a data scientist in big tech. Um, I have experience in, in working with data in the renewable space. And also I, I've worked in, in, in the retail space. Um, I was an experimental physicist uh, before transitioning into data science. If I'm not doing my, my full-time work um, in my spare time, I'm actually doing research. And most of my research is around data and data science um, for the developing world. And, and so I've, I've done things around using data science to solve problems in, in developing countries and in low to medium resource countries. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm curious though, why the jump from um, physics to AI and tech and all that? Yeah, so yeah, that's a good question. I so I, I used to be an experimental physicist, which which means that you're in the lab. Um, I, I I'm in the lab. I I, I build instrument. I make stuff, mm. and then I run experiment. But when I run experiment, I have to make sense of the data, and then so making sense of the data from my experiment maybe doing some simple analysis or building statistical models, they were much more interesting to me. And and, and mm-hmm. so that was one of the reasons why I actually went into data science. And then I also had the opportunity to do data science, like a research internship with IBM Research in Nairobi 
in 2016. And and so I actually went from the States to Nairobi, where um, in, in the team, the IBM research team, they were actually solving, using data and machine learning and AI to solve problems in sort of the African context. So they were solving problems in health, in in transportation, in energy, in health, in security. So, so that was that was very exciting for me, and I and I actually saw that data and AI was going to be the best part for me. Oh, that's very interesting. Interesting background there. Before we jump into discussing NAS AI, for those of my listeners who may not understand what artificial intelligence is, could you please um, give an overview? Artificial intelligence mm-hmm. is a it's very wide ranging, and it's a branch of computer science um, that is actually concerned with so building smart machines that are capable of performing tasks that typically require human intelligence. Let's say, for example, you're working in an industry and you want to do a quality control check, which means you're trying to bring out a, a product and you have a human that, that looks at it and says, yeah, it's good or it's not good, right? And then yeah. that's going to take several man hours. Right. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things you're trying to do is you can actually build machines to um, or AI systems to actually look at these and probably to take them milliseconds to know if this product has yeah. a defect or not. And so the idea is that in most cases, um, it uses historical data to, mm-hmm. to generalize when it sees new data. All right. So now on to NAS AI. I know that the project has to do with um, the legislative arm of government and making bills more accessible to people and all that. But how exactly does that work? Okay, so I'll probably go into a little bit of background information around NAS, mm. right? So there was, I think it was last year, I was having a discussion with someone and I was, and we were discussing what the the pension of the president, the vice president, the senate, like when they, when they finish, what are they going to be receiving, right? And I said, yeah. I remember there was a bill that was passed. I mean, several bills, but they're always amending it and, and increasing mm-hmm. it. So I mm-hmm. said, I, I need to go find the bill. And then I went to NAS AI's website and I clicked on somewhere and I saw that they had all the bills. But the problem is that there was no way I could find the exact thing that I was looking for. Okay. Because everything was just there, jumbled together. If I'm not even looking for that bill, let's say I'm from, from Anambra State. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the healthcare bill that was actually passed by my senator or yeah. the House of Rep in my constituency. How yeah. can I easily find it, right? Even if it's on their website, I, it's just difficult. I have to go through what, 2,000, 3,000 bills for me to see. Yeah, Nigerian websites have that problem a lot. I mean... Yeah. Whether it's ministries or whatever, it's always just a mess. Yeah, it's yeah, it's always a mess, right? So and and then I I, I went to the United Nation SDG goals, and one of the SDG Sustainable Development Goals, they said something about ensuring something about responsive, participatory, and representative decision making at all levels. And also, I was checking some other website where they were talking about government policies and open data, right? And so there's some threshold that you need to meet for you to say that you're actually observing or you're implementing open data policies, right? So which means your data, you need to, apart from you releasing your data to the public, you also need to make sure that it's easily accessible. You need to make sure that all the metadata are provided. And so that was actually what led me to NAS AI. 
and so and then now your question about how NAS AI works is that so what we did was at least the first stage of NAS AI was we collected data um, from the Nigerian Assembly and then we had people label this data so we had about eight labels so the eight labels were mostly defined by sort of socioeconomic indicators so healthcare agriculture research and technology security social welfare and then there's something on government operation, right? And then what we did was then we used AI to build an automatic classification model. So which means that our AI system can take a bill and immediately you see the, not only the bill that is passed, but a bill that is introduced or about to be introduced, it will tell you, oh, this is an healthcare bill in, I don't know, in milliseconds or less. So it's told you this without okay. even, you know, without you reading it all. So it's actually a very good way to sort of create this data set according to their different metadata or labels. So that was the first step. That was what we did. That's brilliant, really. So I, I read your paper on NAS AI, actually, and yeah. there I saw that you plan to design a tool that combines information from all bills and categories and make them easily accessible to everyone. Yeah. So what kind of tool is this? Is this a, a website? Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we plan to actually have a web app and so, the, so this okay. web app would, apart from having access to the bill, you'd also have access to like other metadata. So the year, the senator, the House of Rep member that actually passed the bill, uh, just all the necessary information that you need, you have access to it. That's one. Two, you also have access to, um, to something that we're trying to implement, which is going to be some sort of semantic search indexing. So you could take a bill, right? And you could yeah. say that, this bill is healthcare and it says this, can you return the top K bills that are most similar to this bill? Okay. So let's say that you have um, a bill, because one of the things I've seen also is that there's a lot of redundancy in the process, right? So people, there's a bill that someone probably introduced 10 years ago, right? And someone is introducing it now, maybe they didn't even have access to that bill, right? So this is going to actually cut, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel, or you actually then understand that this bill was introduced a few years ago. So you could search for similar bills to a certain bill. So we're planning to do that. And then also, we hope that this website would have like a dashboard of analysis. So, uh, so like really simple information like, you know, what, what bills are part, like what, what percentage of healthcare bill was passed in 2008 or what percentage of security bills were passed post the election in 2012 for example right Think, things like that so we hope to have that i mean it sounds like it's going to be useful not just for citizens but even lawmakers themselves especially when you are talking about you know redundancy and all that exactly yeah so it, it's it's yeah the the idea is that it should be yeah it should help lawmakers also it should help people that are into policy research for example you want to check what's like the bills that are introduced are they informed by the citizens are they informed by like the policies are they informed by what's happening like what for example you could you could get an indication from the newspaper right if the newspaper if all the things you've been seeing is covid right are they actually yeah. introducing more public health bills around mm -hmm. that period you know things like that so it's going to help policy research and also it's going to definitely definitely help lawmakers themselves to, right. to reduce redundancy and be more efficient. All right, brilliant. So is this web app up yet? No, it's not up. Yeah, it's not up yet. We got a grant mm. um, and um, we're trying to improve our, on our algorithm. And then we've mm -hmm. also, so building a web app is part of it. Um, 
hopefully by the end of the year we should have something and then also okay. we're extending some of these methods to other countries uh, that's brilliant that's really good yeah. throughout this process when you were trying to build the project what did you learn what did you discover about the about the way the system works and what were the uh, drawbacks so the first thing that I, I discovered was that document ec- extracting information from document mm. can can be a little much a little difficult than than I anticipated. So they mm. so for example this this views are saying about these are like views that were passed during maybe the um, that were introduced during the Avastinger regime, right? Um, these are some views that the PDF the quality I think you probably saw it in the paper the quality was pretty yes. low. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some of them you don't even know what's happening. You mm-hmm. just see, you just see. So, 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 which means that we had to be extremely smart with the way that we're extracting mm-hmm. the information to make sure that we're not. Well, because sometimes there's some stuff like PDF to text that you can just extract stuff from PDF mm-hmm. directly. But for these, we had to use like pre-trained AI tools or they call it OCR tools, optical character recognition that would actually take the PDFs and would um, convert them to images and then try to use AI to extract text from these images. So that's what we did. Um, it wasn't it wasn't too too great um, the performance, but it also improved stuff. So that's one thing that that I saw. Um, then another thing that I also noticed another one data that is unavailable is there. So when a bill is passed it actually goes through different steps. So the legislative mm-hmm. process involves the bill going through like first reading and second reading and maybe sometimes third reading and then it's yeah. passed into law and then there's committee recommendation and then the president signs it. Mm-hmm. It's been extremely difficult to get data that actually tracks that process. So all the mm-hmm. bills that we've been working on are bills that are introduced to the parliament. So we actually don't have like information so one thing i'm trying to do is to maybe just reach out to reach out to if there's a secretary or somebody in national assembly to see if we can actually get that data and the reason why i would want that data is so we we just i just submitted a paper recently um to a conference on for kenya so for kenya we were able to get metadata on the bills so the bill, so I think from 2009 to 2019. So we actually know bills mm-hmm. that went to first reading and second mm-hmm. reading and this. So normally when you introduce a bill, right? Mm-hmm. Statistically, it's like a 50-50 chance, right? That, yeah. oh, is it gonna pass or not, right? So what we wanna do is that can we build a model that actually tells you if a bill is gonna pass or not and it's more than a 50% chance. Okay. Yeah. Well, and how, so we act- how is that coming on? You said you were trying to reach out to someone, maybe a secretary or someone. Um, no, guess- I, I haven't. I haven't. No, I haven't in Nigeria. And I haven't reached out to. to okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I plan to. Um, but mm. for for Kenya, I was able to get that easily. Um, for South Africa, I, I've reached out to somebody. I think for Nigeria, I probably don't know who to reach out to. <laughs> I probably need to check more. <laughs> because okay, I mean, that's right. Yeah, I, I remember mm-hmm. recently I actually cc'd one of the presidential aides where I was asking if if there is a library or a public somewhere where I can get every single public speech by presidents of Nigeria mm-hmm. dating back to years and nobody replied. But that's fine. <laughs> All right then. So what does the legislative arm of government need to do? Because, I mean, you are talking about open data governance and the SDGs and stuff. What exactly does our government need to do to meet up the principles required for open data governance? 
there is this report by the by the WWF Foundation, mm-hmm. um, which is called the Open Data Barometer. So okay. the the Open Data Barometer is actually a it's a global measure to see how different governments across the world are publishing and using open data for accountability, for innovation, and social impact, right? And, and so the World Wide Web Foundation, they started this open data environment, and it's pretty big. They have different methodology. And in fact, I think in the last G20 meeting, they, they had um, all the G20 members to commit to something called the anti-corruption open data principles. According to Open Data Barometer, Nigeria ranks 21 out of 100 in the global measure on government publishing and using open data for accountability, innovation, and social impact. The reality is, Nigerian legislators are struggling to meet up with the principles required for open data governance. The average Nigerian doesn't have basic access to parliamentary documents, something that needs to change. Now back to the question of what exactly the legislature needs to start doing right now. The first thing that they need to think is about, one is always pub, like publish every single data uh, for accountability. So, and when I say simply, it goes beyond just publishing the views, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I would say, for example, is that I've been thinking about doing modeling the different speech, like when they give speech, right, in parliament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, is this, is this something that I can actually do maybe some, some speech to text and model, do like a topic model to find like the keywords of like, what are the important things that they are discussing that okay. can affect, but, but, but this data, I cannot get it. The only way mm-hmm. is that maybe there's some website that they, they have video, there's some YouTube channels where they have videos of, you know, parliamentarians speaking yes. and things like that, but, but it's not consistent. It's maybe mm-hmm. when there's an event or maybe when they are trying to confirm ministers and things like that. So they're not doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and also the other thing is, you know, this FY, you know, freedom of information laws, um, the different state government trying to make sure that their budget is open and, and things like that. I, I know that yeah. I, I should actually give a shout out to budgets and budget. Yes, they're doing Shimon really good they're work. They're doing extremely, probably the most important work in Nigeria in the last decade. I would give it to them because they've been mm-hmm. really, really pushing to you know to track projects they have this tracker.ng also right and so um so i would say that they need to see try to adopt some of this open data charter so make sure that this open data it's you know people can use it for accountability innovation they actually need to also if possible have for every and like the house house of assembly the senate the different ministries right they need to Mm -hmm. have data experts they need to have mm-hmm. data experts that would, you know, it, that that would inform them, that would let, that would advise them on like what data they should release and things like that. And also that would drive them towards making decisions, drive them towards not making decisions in the dark, but making data-driven decisions. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. And then so- one thing I forgot to say is that they should also fund projects that are data-intensive. So for innovation and social impacts. Mm, projects such as? So um, there are a lot of projects uh, that are data intensive. Um, I, I, 
I wouldn't say one project. Okay, mm. let's say for example, data. There's this group called Data Science Nigeria. I don't know if you've heard of them. And one no, of the things that they're trying to do is it's a non-profit, and for example, okay. they're training. Basically, they they have this huge goal to train one million data scientists in the next ten years mm. in Nigeria, and they're working towards it. So there's actually a data science Nigeria AI club in okay. almost every in almost every major university in Nigeria mm. right mm. now. Yeah. Okay. So the, I mean that that's the kind of organization I would say. Make you know, it fun. They're do, yeah, they're doing a lot of things to 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 also just the fact that in the next few years data is going to become and AI they're going to become increasingly more important and then there would also be a need for talent. So young people are going yes. into data fields very early. So that's good. All right, brilliant. So we're talking about like um, the national assembly and everything. Are there any plans to also look into bills and processes from state house of assemblies? Huh, that's a good question. Uh, no. <laughs> um, actually, so the reason I said no is I think mm. I tried looking for data from a state. I can't remember what state exactly. And I just mm. couldn't find anything, right? Mm. And so the first thing is that for a lot of these states, they're not even digitizing their data, mm. right? So it's probably maybe these bills are probably files in, in places and all that. So yeah, mm. in addition to all I've mentioned, a, a sort of long-term digitization strategy efforts yeah. will also be important for state governments. State Houses of Assembly are just as important as the National Assembly. What if you could start conversations about digitizing documents from your State House of Assembly? That's just something for you to think about. So we've been talking about making parliamentary documents more available to people and how we can do this using technology. But do you know why it's important to be able to access legislative bills? I asked Wally. So final question. Yeah. How will NAS AI benefit the average Nigerian? I mean, you make the data easily available, but what can citizens do with that information that will benefit the common man? Basically, why should we care about this? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. So there the are a lot of reasons of why the average um, citizens should care about it, right? So, mm. for example, during election period, right? Yeah. The politician, the... the they use a, an entirely different campaign strategy, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what we know, like campaign strategy of um, just, you know, maybe go attack your opponents, be able to bring entertainment, share stuff, tell people that, oh, um, I, I, I built this road, I did this. Well, it's maybe easier to see from a state government or, or a president. But, but for, for, the, for, for, for the House of Rep and the Senate, yeah. They are decision makers, right? So if yes. the average citizen is actually more involved in that decision-making process, which is understanding what, what bills are they even introducing? What bills right. are they supporting? What is their voting records? Is this person fighting for me, right? And so if average citizens have all those information at their fingertips, I mean, I feel like it's going to make the, the political process um, much more open and also just much more like, like people can can think for them. People have other information to, to decide on candidates, right? So that's one yeah. of the things that you want to understand, you know, the, one is the leg, legislative process. Like what is happening in the legislature? Like what are they introducing? What are they signing on? What are these views? What, why is it that, for example, the House of Rep member for my constituency 
is much more important in trying to, for example, increase salary for themselves mm-hmm. or something like that than women's rights, yeah. than a bill that talks about health, right? Than, mm-hmm. you know, voting or supporting a bill that actually improves healthcare, right? So, so those are those are some of the things, you know, that would actually help people. And, and also, it also helps that we need to see the different facets of government. So which is we need to start looking beyond the governors the and the, the executives. So the governors and the president and start mm. thinking about the legislation. Because thinking about it, there are what, um, 360 plus, what, 105 plus, 1 plus, 100. Yeah, there are over almost 460 or 470 Legislators, legislators, federal yeah. legislators, that's a lot of people. It is a lot. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. there should be a way to, to sort of make their work more accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Totally understandable. I hope uh, more people get interested in tracing these things because it's one thing to make the tool available and then it's another thing for people to actually use it as they should. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. Um, and also in terms of people using it, it's, it's, it will foster a gradual behavioral change, right? So mm. um, one example I can tell you is, let's say budgets, right? Normally mm-hmm. budgets would write letters and things to like government and also remember is that you collected yeah. this money for this and for years they, they, they won't reply. Mm. But now, most of them, they have to reply. Because one is that now you see the budget, budget is much more credible. And yes. then they also have constituents that actually look at budgets mm. and say that, wait, this is my house of rep. Okay, I need to, I don't know, maybe call a number or, or try to raise decisions on social media. So a lot of them mm. now, they're actually aware that there are all these technology tracking tools that yeah. they need to be aware of and they need to respond. Mm. Anyway, thank you so much for your time. It's been really lovely talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much um, for for bringing me in to to speak about this. NAS AI is not the first project to think about using technology to uphold government transparency. In Kenya, Mzalendo seeks to make information more accessible from the proceedings of the country's parliament. In Jordan, Ishki aims to involve citizens in developing solutions to civic problems. And Vota Intelligente in Chile promotes government transparency by informing Chilean citizens about corruption and policy debates through the use of social media. The people behind these projects create them for you and I, for us to be able to have a more participatory role in how we are governed. So wherever you see such tools made available, please take advantage of them. If you know any other tools like these that have been developed or that are being developed, please share with us. IAC Podcast is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Twitter, we are at IAC underscore podcast. On Facebook and Instagram, we are at I am Change Podcast. You can reach us via any of these channels. Our quote of the week is by Mandy Hill. Change is painful, but nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. Please rate and review IAC Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. That way, more people can find us. Until the next episode, continue to be the change you want to see.